0: Welcome to North Georgia Business Radio. We're coming to you from the Business Incubator at Burnell University. Now, on North Georgia Business Radio X, this is the one place that believes that businesses are the lifeblood of our community and the business owners are the people who give back and make things really work. So, really, our goal here is to be the voice for business in North Georgia. And I'm joined here with my co-host, Dr. Bill Lampton. How's it going, Dr. Bill?
1: Doing well today,
0: Bo. I had an idea. I was reading something earlier and and it was going into basically quarterly goals in a business and what you can measure. And I saw the quote... You can't master what you can't measure. So let's talk a little bit about that and how that ties into business and life, for that matter.
1: I like that. And, of course, the ultimate measure that we all face at uh, the end of a quarter, the end of a half year or a year, has something to do with the dollar sign. But, you know, we can't really make that dollar sign measurement successful unless we've had some other types
0: in between. Well, and I think the key is we've got to get clarity. And we've got to make sure we're identifying the things that are really important. Are we measuring the right things? Because that's another mistake I've seen. If you're measuring the wrong things, it's not necessarily going to help you.
1: Yes. For example, I think in in the sales effort, if you're looking at your sales team and you're only judging the progress of the sales team by how many calls,
0: how many contacts they've had, that may not reflect at all what's going on. That's right. So if we can't measure it, we can't master it. Now, there's also implications to that in our personal life. You think about it's a health goal. It's a relationship goal. It's kind of the same thing. If we don't have that clarity and something we can look back and say, I accomplished it or I didn't, we don't know. So that's what I love about some of these business ideas. They apply both in business and personal life.
1: Yes. Maybe with diets, for example.
0: That's right. Well, if measurement of this show... Is scored or measured by the quality of guests we have we did a good job today we're in high cotton today that's right so let me jump right in with our first guest our first guest is an author an entrepreneur a speaker an inventor it's Christine Martinello so Christine welcome to North Georgia Business Radio X
2: thank you so much Bo it's I'm delighted to be here
0: it's always fun when we talk Uh, so the business training solutions international tell us a little bit about that
2: Sure. Um, Training Solutions is basically an education organization, and it has turned into a social enterprise type business in the last few years, where we focus on educating and empowering people so that they can create a life and a family that they love more. Wow.
0: So I saw that too in the intro that I was reading, is that you have a mission to help what grow and spread love kind of idea?
2: Yes, we grow and spread love. That's what we do, the love agents and I. Very good. Well, that's a
0: great goal.
1: My question would be, what prompted you to do that?
2: Right. Well, I'll tell you. um, There's why I started the business and then how it has evolved, because we've been in business now for 25 years. So as you can imagine, that's a long time, and things have changed. So initially, the training solutions company began when I lived in London, England. And at the time, um, I was actually could not do the job that I did in the States. And so I met a couple people and thought, you know, I'd really like to do uh, management and leadership training. And so met two other women, and we started our first company together. So then when I moved back to the States, actually, I was had had my first child and was pregnant with my second. And the main question that I had on my mind was, how can I balance my life as a mom and as an entrepreneur? A question so many people face so many people. It is a huge... Question. And, you know, I've noticed that my business has evolved based on big questions that I've found solutions to. So, just like I did that for companies and nonprofits, then I had to do it for my personal life and my professional life as well. So, the company started doing uh, management and leadership training. We did that for many years. And then uh, 15 years ago, uh, that main question of how can I balance shifted my training where I was focusing um, on leadership, but also leadership as a woman and how I balanced that. And it was so much different than the men I was training, because at the time, at about 90% of my audience was men. So I switched from using a lot of football and baseball anal- analogies to, you know, filling up my diaper bag and planning <laughs> for the...
1: <laughs> audience adaptation, we call it.
2: Yes. So then I switched and really moved into women's leadership and life balancing. So that was 15 years ago when I published my first book, The Momager Guide, Empowering Moms to Leave a Loving Legacy. So I created the term momager, mom, manager. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, did that for about 10 years. And then um, the business shifted when I moved back to the States and then when my children got older, because um, really in 1999... Um, One day I was shopping and this question just jumped into my head and it was, what can I buy my kids to show them how much I love them? And it was right before Christmas time and we were looking at all the toys on the shelf and I thought, wow, nothing here. And so, went home, talked to my husband about it, and we said, let's just write love notes to each other and then read them out loud. So, that was 1999, but fast forward, I was doing training and doing the Momager Guide and, move, you know, moving the business. I wrote another book and then um, really wrote books or created products on my big questions. So, that question led to 2012 when my oldest son then graduated high school and my dad had been living with us for a year and he was very sick. Both of my parents were living with us. Dad passed away um, in April. My eldest son graduated high school in May, just a few weeks later. And we were going through all of my son's stuff to determine what he was going to bring away to college with him. And he opened a drawer and there were a whole big pile of all these love notes that were there for 17 years. And he said, I want to take some of those love notes, his basic needs. And then he also wanted to bring photographs. So that question of what can I give my kids to show them how much I love them? All those years later, that was it. So then I switched the business to, wow, like this is really important. And people had been encouraging me for 15 years, make a love box, write the love box book. And I kept saying no, because I was really busy raising my family and having balance because that was my top priority. So uh, we switched the business to be, you know, training is very much a service business to the love boxes products or, you know, product business. So now we've blended the two where the business has three sides to it. One is we have the love box products, the original love box, the Christmas love box. Then we also do education events. So blended that in on how to create a life and a family that you love. And then the third part of the business is outreach with a team of love agents, where we go out into the community and we spread love with love boxes, love notes, and really just loving on people. Wow, that's fascinating.
0: So, Christine, as you were transitioning, did you find it a little bit to have some of these conversations with the, with the love and it's, that, that I believe is really needed in this world? Uh, and a lot of the more of the consulting and the training roles, they're still in a lot of businesses, kind of this masculine energy, right? Yes. Did you find it difficult to bring up some of these concepts like feelings and love and happiness?
2: Absolutely, Bo. Good point. You know, actually, most of the, the small businesses that have embraced it, the first people to embrace it are female business owners. Um, one woman was a realtor who has about, 35 people working for her and when she heard about the love box she said I want to get everyone for you know one for everyone in my family all my employees and then I'm going to write love notes to everyone as well so she was sort of the first person that was the forerunner and then other businesses saw the the benefits of it and decided to get on board but yes I can tell you story after story about uncomfortable conversations (laughs) Some funny looks, huh? Yes, and can I Google that original love box? Yes, you can Google that. That's funny. Safe, it's safe. To, so, so how? What is
0: the application here, Christina? Would this
2: be something, say, as a business
0: person that I would I would share with clients, or it's it's across the board, yes. personal?
2: Yes. It's both personal and professional. So basically what typically happens is a business owner or people in a business will use it, first of all, just with their own family. Mm -hmm. Um, Then when they see how awesome it feels and how everyone feels so much better, they usually will take it to their business and then try it on a couple different levels. First of all, for their management or leadership team, because they can use that to recognize how everyone is a gift to everyone else and the diversity so it really helps people to understand you're not you're not really saying i love you man it's basically you know you are a gift to me because you are patient you are organized you are so you're getting underneath the touchy feeling, if you will, to very concrete examples of how someone is gifted. And so that's how businesses use it. And then they sometimes they use it for a retreat, if they have a retreat, to be able to bond everybody together. Um, and really when they read those love notes out loud, when you put the love notes in the box and then you pass it around, you usually pull one out that is not yours. And that's a very unique kind of dynamic because then basically the whole group is hearing, you know, why does Bo really love Bill? What does he What does he think he's a really great guy about? And I know that word love might be like a little uncomfortable for men right now, but women have usually been really comfortable with it because we, you know, as moms and as caregivers, we love fun people all the time. Well,
0: you know, Bill, what's funny is with, with our lady guest today, and and with the rich life message and things you've heard me talk about, women are a little bit brighter. They tend to catch on to the to the deeper meaning and the source of things. So You think I'm going to comment
1: on that?
2: <laughs> no, don't touch that, Bill. Don't touch that.
1: One point that uh, yeah. really strikes me, Christine, is that in our highly digital age, when people text, when people email, you're getting people back to expressing themselves in their own handwriting. And I want to very quickly tell you a personal incident from my family. I have a sister in Hattiesburg, Mississippi. Very soon, is going to be two years, the anniversary of the death of her husband. They were married for 71 years.
2: Wow. Wow. Every time
1: I talk with her, she is reading through love letters that Mm. he wrote before they married, several years before they married. They were childhood sweethearts in our small hometown of Columbia, Mississippi. And the interesting items, and I'll make this very quick, but she told me the other day that he wrote her one time, I had a wonderful steak at a restaurant today, and it should have been good. It was 60 cents.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Yes, and actually there are different books in the original love box and the Christmas love box because we were trying to draw out different areas of love. So the Christmas one really is about God's love for us and then how we can express that. And then the original love box, actually the book that is in that, it sells with or without it, so people can use it without it. But if they do it with it, then it is actually a couple writing their own love story. Because in this digital age, what we're finding is that the stories are being lost. It's this short, succinct, surface communication, and people are craving intimacy and depth. And so this gives them the experience to do that. And for businesses, um, you know, I research a lot what's happening for businesses. And, you know, customer um, engagement, you know, is a buzzword. And now it's really customer experience. How are you creating an experience? And so a company can take the love box, give it to their cust—you know, top clients, salespeople, whatever, and then actually write them a love note so then that ties them together and then have them use it with their customers. So it creates this chain of love. And when we do the outreach in the community, it has been so awesome to see because, you know, Bill, when you're talking about, um, you know, After people have passed or, you know, really our biggest markets are Christmas um, weddings and funerals. So people do it for celebration of life ceremonies where everybody writes a love note or memory about that person, and then the family gets the box, and then they read it in the anniversary date year after year after year.
1: Marvelous. That's beautiful. marvelous. It
2: is mm-hmm. so beautiful. I mean, and, you know, for anniversaries, people write their love story. Then they can give it as a keepsake and pass it down. Um, so there are so many different applications because, as we know, love cannot be just kept in a box. It comes out. Is that Has she said that before?
0: Possibly.
1: That, that is going kind to of
2: roll it off her tongue Possibly. a little, little
0: too smooth. I, I think it's a tagline. There you go.
2: But, <laughs> Actually, give the gift of love one note at a time is the tagline.
0: Well, you know, one of the things, Christina, I really like about this is think of all the things, talking about the story with your with your kids, think of the things we can buy that will not be here in a year or two. There's a legacy component to this, too, and Bill's story reminded me of that, is is this is one thing we can invest our time in that can live on beyond us.
2: Right. Absolutely, and you know the actual of experience. You know, usually we do it on Christmas Eve or birthdays. That's when we do the love box over and over. over. Everyone's birthday, they all have their own love box. They keep their love notes in. Um, As you can see, you know that one is mine, and and it's so beautiful because when you read that love note year after year, you are tied to the legacy of that relationship, and so. That is something that you can't get in a text. You can't get in anything except for something. When you see someone's handwriting, whether it's, you know, frail or whether it's bold, you know, that's an expression of that person. So you are creating a legacy of love. Well,
0: wow. Terrific. Absolutely terrific. Well, one of the things, Bill, I heard that Christine was a finalist on a show on CNBC. Can you tell us a little bit about that?
2: Sure. I'm really excited about it. Basically, um, it's a cool show that would be um, taped in the fall. And I hope I get on. But basically, it would be where inventors meet the meet the retailers. Because what we find in business, especially in product business, it's really difficult to pitch new products you know, there's so many products and there's so many inventions. And so um, I'm very much hoping I, I applied for it, gave it my best shot and hoping that, you know, we can really spread the love in a much bigger way because, you know, everyone needs to feel loved. They need to feel connected to that. It changes families, it changes businesses, and it changes lives. I mean, I have seen so many changes. So, it, it's truly an honor to be able to represent this and uh, to be able to grow love in the world. Well, we wish you
0: luck, and I hope that, that it works out. And I want to watch the show. Let us know when it plays.
2: I sure will. Thank you, Bo. Well, let's let's talk next about future
0: plans. What's the next steps for Lovebox or for Christine, the business?
2: Yes. You know, I, yes, the future plans are we want to expand you know, our reach with um, who gets the love box. I mean, you know, there's millions and millions of people that we would love families to have this foundation of love in. And so, uh, first of all, expanding and reaching more people through churches and through um, businesses and um, really, you know, um, wedding centers and funeral homes. Um, I'd love to be able to start those partnerships and alliances that are, you know, repeat, sales that they get the value of it and we can grow it much bigger that way Um, then also um, I want to really grow the education programs because as I've been doing education programs the needs are actually greater than I thought they were and so I want to expand that and then the third element is something that I'm really just thrilled about actually I want to create a place it's gonna be called love box land think Disneyland but a place where people can be loved on. Huh. And I've had the vision for this now for two years, but it is a big vision. And so big visions sometimes take big money and big time. So um, I I really want to start to vision that firmer and gain, you know, um, working with partners and alliances to be able to create that.
0: So like a retreat
2: place? Similar? A retreat and education center. Yes. Very good.
0: I have one
1: final question. Uh, you mentioned weddings, funerals. You mentioned Christmas. What about Valentine's Day?
2: Yes. Actually, the Hallmark show just came out with uh, a show that had the Valentine's love box in it. Oh, wow. So I'll be talking to Hallmark, too.
0: <laughs> wow, that's amazing. Well, yes. Christine, somebody out there listening saying, hey, this, this sounds like a good idea. I like I like this message and what we're talking about, the idea of of showing your love, letting people know, leaving a legacy. What do they need to do or how can they find out more or get in touch with you?
2: Right. I would love to be able to touch at, touch base with whoever has, you know, just feels led that they want to be involved in this love movement. Two ways. First, you can go to christinemartinello.com or originallovebox.com um, or they're welcome to contact me directly at c.martinello at comcast.net.
0: All right. Well, that's Christine Martinello with Training Solutions International, creator Of the Love Box. Thanks so much for being with us on North Georgia Business Radio.
2: Thank you, Bo. I loved being here. All
0: right. So, Bill, why don't you bring in our next guest? Delighted to Stephanie Sakinis,
1: with Small Biz Ally. And I was telling Stephanie before we came on the air that this is a turnabout because there were times when I was a member of the Gwinnett Chamber and she was one of their executive officers, she hosted me and very, very graciously. So delighted to bring Stephanie onto the show today. Stephanie's Small Biz Ally. You worked with small businesses for a long time with the Chamber of Commerce, Gwinnett Chamber. Is that what prompted you to say, I can help these businesses and I want to do that as a full-time career now?
3: I think it was, um, first of all, thank you for having me on this show today. It's great to see you again, Bill. I haven't seen you in a long time. and wonderful to meet you, Bo. And you're a tough follow also, Christine, <laughs> I have to tell you. But, um, yes, a good part of what drove me to, to, to make the decision to go out and, and start this business to help entrepreneurs and small business owners was the last eight years that I was with the Chamber locally. But it was also the years prior to that um, in New York at the chamber I was at, helping small businesses there. And the 20-plus years I've had my own business with direct mail marketing and email marketing and seeing the difference in the changes, not only with the people I was helping, but with myself as a business owner. So you can go back 20-plus years, and we all know, um, not to date anybody at the table here, but we all know that things were not a Google away then, all right. uh, all right. like they are now. And boy, if I knew then what I know now, I think my life would have taken different paths. And I think we can all probably say that. But we didn't. And a lot of the things I learned were from mistakes. And I always wanted to push those mistakes and lessons, I called them, out to the world, to who I met with and who I spoke to, because I hated to see anybody else not learn from my mistakes. There's no reason someone should have to always learn from their own. While it's a good way to learn, it's not necessary. So a good reason why I started this business was because of that, was I was holding all this information in the wrong way, and I really wanted to push out the things that I knew about then through now, the different organizations available that were here to help you for free, the different steps you could take, the proper planning that would make a difference with your future of your business. And people just weren't doing things in the right order. And that was really what was causing them to fail. Well, let's
0: let's talk about this. Everybody at this table knows that business is not this linear, perfectly easy thing to do. It's, it's tough. It's tough. And when people survive and make it long term, They've survived some things, and, and they've learned lessons typically. But there's a problem that needs to be addressed. I, I'm not sure the statistic, but I know that um, there's a very high failure rate of new businesses. Right? And I think a lot of it is there's, there's bad information out there, there's misinformation, or people are just trying to figure out as they go. So all that to say is there's the need I see right there for what you do is, is hey, what if I had this person that I could trust to help me navigate this from here to where I'm trying to go?
3: And there is no magic book that drops from the from the sky that gives you the answers that's going to be across the board to every person you speak to. I don't think in the hundreds of consultations I've done, just having conversations with people of how can I help you, where do you go next, no two were alike. I mean, I would have a mom and pop that were, you know, working in some kind of an industry in janitorial service that decided they wanted to open a restaurant. Or I would have somebody who was educated with a Ph.D., and want to go back and do janitorial services and people opening businesses with no knowledge of where they were headed but there was no two alike so the advice was never cookie cutter so you really had to meet people face to face and have that one-on-one with them
0: i like it that used to be one i used to say people but it works for business too it's the reason the cookie cutter approach won't work is businesses aren't cookies right
3: they're not cookies (laughs) but don't pump
1: (laughs) One of the phrases you use, Stephanie, which I'd like for you to expand on a little bit, is that you help companies get an actionable plan. To me, that's powerful because anybody can have a plan, but how do you turn it into an actionable plan?
3: Well, that's one of the main things we realized there was a need for. And you think it's common sense with people that they have great ideas and they can just go implement them immediately and execute on them. and it's just not the case. You have people who have phenomenal ideas, know what's gonna help them scale and grow their business, but don't know how to get there, don't know the proper places and timeline and milestones to reach within that, that plan. So we're finding, in addition to starting a business to help people start a business that don't even know how to license, to the people that have been licensed now don't know what to do, we now have that third stage of people, of people who have ideas, don't need you to tell them what to do. They need you to tell them how to do it. And we take their ideas and we brainstorm and we add on to all those different things and talk about who they want to reach, what they want to do, and we put it into an actual actual, actionable timeline for them with goals, milestones to reach by week. So they have their own plan of attack on their own ideas. And what's happening is, is these decisions that they were putting off making because they didn't know how to execute on them, now it's pushing their businesses forward. Well, and I
0: think, and uh, Stephanie, I'm curious if you have any thoughts on this. I think it's okay too, to not be able to do everything. Because one thing, my maturation as an entrepreneur, I realized uh, the clearer I got is, is I'm a visionary. And until I started hiring, and this was just a few years ago, I realized I was capping my potential and bottlenecking my business until I started hiring integrators or people to help implement that. And uh, I think it's okay for people to know they try to do everything. And sometimes you have to do everything to get started. I understand that. But any thoughts on that? Because it sounds like part of what you do is help people get the right people in the right seats.
3: It's almost like giving someone a homework assignment when they say they have no time to, to scale their business. You say, okay, take me through a project or take me through a week. Tell me how your time is spent. And then you can peel those layers off the onion and say, okay, why are you doing invoicing? Why are you not focusing on what only you can do in your business to help your business grow? Why are you not outsourcing that? And the usual answer you'll get is, because I don't have the money to hire someone, I'm saving money by doing it myself. But when you sit down with someone and actually show the calculations to them of how much money they're losing by taking quality, valuable time away from their actual core business efforts and putting it into something they can hire somebody else to do, I mean you can outsource this to a virtual assistant. You don't have to bring a full-time employee on. There are plenty of tasks that you do and I can I can talk to anybody and find something that you're doing that somebody else can be doing for you where it will end up costing you less because you can be doing something that will be bringing you in more.
1: There's a there's a very successful entrepreneur I know who put it well. He said either you hire a virtual assistant or you are one. <laughs>
3: That's exactly, that's a great line. <laughs> I may use that.
0: <laughs> there was a book recently, um, Gay Hendricks, I believe, Making the Leap, something like that, some kind of idea like that. And, and that, that was kind of the, the idea behind the book was that, that the goal of business should be finding your zone of genius and working there. Any thoughts about that? Is that something you help people say, okay, you know what? This stuff you're doing, you're really holding yourself back there we should have you working 80, 70% of your time in this specific roles.
3: That's that's part of the conversation. I right. mean, there's you have two different types of people. You have people who have the fear of delegation, that someone won't do it as good as they could. Mm-hmm. And I have that problem myself mm-hmm. sometimes. It's just you have to get over that. And then you have the people that just don't realize that they're much better suited to be doing a certain task, and they don't understand that only they can do that task. So it's it's different conversations, again, going back to there's no cookie-cutter solution, you have to really sit down with someone and get to know them as a person. Right.
1: In addition to your one-on-one counseling uh, with small business owners, there's, there are also some events that you have coming up that will help with training. Tell us about those, please.
3: So we've actually, we're kind of working both sides of the fence on that, and we're, we're trying to help employers, and we're trying to help their staff to sharpen their skills, so they can get better at what they're doing. But we're also providing a service to people who have an expertise that we need to get out there, that that want to provide these workshops and provide these lessons and share that expertise and that knowledge. So we're working both sides of it. We're kind of matchmaking. So people will come to us and say, this is what I speak on. I want to be able to set a workshop up and I want to get this out to the world. And we talk and we make sure we have the right, craft the right explanation and description find the right venue for them, see who their target is, and really do a good job matching people up. So we've been very successful with that. Um, and all those events are on the event calendar right now on our website. And we got one coming up tomorrow? We we do. We have two biggies coming up, actually, okay. <laughs> which um, I'm happy to talk yeah, about. Yeah, let's go
0: ahead and talk about what's so coming up.
3: We've got with Greg Burkhalter, who is um, a.k.a. our LinkedIn guy. Right. And if you don't know him from LinkedIn, you definitely should, and you're one of the few that don't. Uh, we're doing a connected event with him and Joel's List, and it, that's going to be over at the venue over on the corner of Spout Springs and Friendship Road behind the Publix. Beautiful. The venue th- is the venue. Uh, it's the name of the place. So that's going to be 5.30 to 8 o'clock tomorrow evening, mm-hmm. and it's $20 a person to come in, 25 at the door. You're going to get a drink. Um, uh Pub down in Flowery Branch is actually catering the event for us. So come by, and it's um, actually... Tapped as being an opportunity to meet your LinkedIn contacts in person. Oh, wow. So. You
1: know, Greg Burkhalter is a, a fascinating story of a guy who left a business that he was in and decided, well, what is it people really need to learn? Okay, what business person doesn't need to learn LinkedIn? Greg mastered that, and he has spoken to Every chamber of commerce, every association, every business. I, I looked one time at his schedule, and it, um, I mean, that guy spends a lot of time going around the state educating people. He's done a wonderful job. I've attended several of his presentations. Greg Burkhalter is definitely the LinkedIn guy. He earned that.
3: He is, and he's a wonderful person as well. Mm-hmm. Knowledgeable and just a, a good friend as well. So if you don't know him professionally and or personally you def- definitely need to
0: and we got something coming up here at the right here at the business incubator at now
3: we do yes we're, we've actually put together our first um, what we're calling our home-based business power session and that's a four-hour event and this came to be from being a home-based business myself for years for about 25 years and I went to file my taxes this year and realized that all the home-based business tax deductions had changed <laughs> <clears throat> so this is exactly what inspires me to do things. <laughs> if I don't know, a lot of other people don't know it's either. job to be on top of it. So right? we're going to teach them, and we put together a four-day session, and we're excited to collaborate with the incubator here at Bernal. Really excited about that first opportunity.
1: You say four-day session?
3: Four-hour. Okay. Sorry, I did say okay. four-day. Yes. There's a lot of, <laughs> a lot of new changes. <laughs>
1: That would be a lot of information, four days.
3: Yeah, we're gonna. it's not just going to be about taxes and money. It'll be about setting yourself up for success, how to keep the dog in the other room. I mean, everything that you struggle through as a home-based business owner. And if, if you are listening to this and you're at, at home, you're laughing and you know exactly what I'm talking about. Um, how to let your, you know, your neighbor know that just because you're working from home doesn't mean you're, you're at playtime. A lot of things, uh, record keeping, marketing with a professional look, just because you're in your basement does not mean you can't look like you you have a 40,000 square foot building. So there are a lot of great speakers coming into this event as well. So that's going to be on July 30th, and that will be from 10 to 2 right here at the Business Incubator.
0: And we'll keep people posted about these events and as you roll these out here. I'm excited about that. Right. Thank you. Now, as, as people are listening, Stephanie, and they might be thinking, you know, I see both sides. I, I've been in my career a while and I realized I've hit the bottleneck. I need to talk and, and get some of these things organized or I might be new starting a business. Is Are the events the way to plug in or are there other ways to get in touch with you or other, other ways to interact for somebody saying, hey, I might need some help like this?
3: Call me. I mean, call me or go on the website. You can schedule a 15-minute phone conversation. Just, and I don't like to call it a consultation. Um, I like to call it a brainstorming. <laughs> so we'll get on the phone, let's talk for 15 minutes, see where you're at, schedule an appointment if it makes sense for both of us, and then go from there. And that's all, that hour consultation in person, that 15 minutes, that there's no charge. And we like to say that we're, we understand a small business's needs and budget, and we like to meet one without exceeding the other. So we're not going to go charge you an arm and a leg to speak to you. We're going to speak to you to get to know you and then build from there.
0: I love that. As a visionary, I love the idea of brainstorming instead of coming in for a strategy or a plan first. I like that a lot. So a specific website, phone number, email? Yes.
3: Uh, Smallbiz, B-I-Z, Allie, A-L-L-Y, dot com. And the email address you can get me at is info at smallbizally.com. And phone number is 678-822-3959
1: one question that we haven't posed certainly anybody who is starting a business runs into roadblocks they run into disappointments they run into things that they were sure were going to work that fall flat so motivation is an important part of it how do you help people with that
3: I think honesty helps. I think having that conversation with them and and really getting getting in front of them and saying, have you thought about this? Have you thought about that? I used to start conversations with, do you have a business plan? And it has evolved into the first question being, what have you done for yourself? Before you ask for help, what have you tried to do? Because it really sets the tone for who you're talking to. And then you really need to convince people to go by the old adage of teach a man to fish because at some point you're not gonna be there anymore and they're gonna have to do this on their own. So it's a conversation that has to get them thinking. Maybe I'm not ready for this or maybe I really need to step it up a bit before I start.
0: Well, Stephanie, again, thanks so much for sharing with us. That's great information, especially for this demographic listening, these businesses, because, again, whether we're just starting or we've been doing it a long time, there's still some things that need to be tweaked, better resources, better team members. So thanks so much for being on North Georgia Business Radio. Thanks for having me. All right. Stephanie Sokinis, Christine Martinello, Dr. Bill Lampton, thanks so much for another great edition of North Georgia Business Radio right here at the Business Incubator at Brunel University. We'll see you next week, same time, same place you